Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is not with us in studio today, but is in our hearts and is on the phone line currently, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today? Yes, I am uh, I'm traveling today. I'm going to visit my dear sister at Ohio State, so I'm, uh, I'm very excited about that. Shout out to Taylor. She probably will not be listening to this, but what? that is okay. I will tell her that she got a shout out. Uh, she's got to listen. Um, but it's a, it's a different vibe, I'm sure, in the studio and today because I, I, I'm not there. Um, but we're still going to have a, a great episode, as always, right, Trevor? Absolutely, and we have our amazing producer, outstanding. I, I can't use all the superlatives you normally do, but Max Marco is here today. How are you doing, Max? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's, it's, if, if Max isn't there, then we, then we have some issues. Yeah, Max we definitely is, do. Max is the, the true identity Absolutely. of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So what what do we have uh what do we have on the schedule for today, Trevor? All right. So today today we're going to talk about Cade Cunningham, who recently committed to Oklahoma State in basketball. Gordon Hayward, who recently got injured. Then we're going to talk about Chase Young and the issue with this loan. James Wiseman, similarly another NCAA issue that we have to talk about. Then we're going to get into small talk trivia, randomly ranked, and then we got some topics in the NFL, college football, college basketball, and if we have time. Uh, we'll get into the NBA and finish it off with a qu- quick prediction. So it's going to be a great episode, episode number 35. What do you think about that, Brandon? Yeah, 35. The uh, the early Kevin Durant episode, as uh, we yeah. can call it, because he is now seven. But a lot of main topics. I mean, it's, it's really a good time because we have all four major, major sports going on right now. We don't have baseball, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not too upset about baseball. Yes. But uh, all four major, you know, both football, both athletes, so it's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of good stuff that will be on the podcast in the future, too. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, of course, so first up, we have Kate Cunningham going to Oklahoma State. He is committed. Um, pretty pretty big recruit. He's the number two overall prospect in the 2020 class. Uh, Trevor, what, what do you think of him? What have you seen on his film? Yeah, so Kate Cunningham, he's around 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and he plays point guard, I believe, for his high school team. I know... He uh, played very well in the Nike EYBL this past uh, spring into summer. He's very talented, as you said, the number two prospect in class of 2020 and one of the contenders, I believe, for the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft. So he's a very good player, and the last five-star that Oklahoma State has had was Marcus Smart. So it's been a while since they've had a five-star. Also, Cade Cunningham, his brother is actually an assistant coach at Oklahoma State, so I'm sure that had a little bit to do with him going to Oklahoma State, but, uh, you know, I love Cade Cunningham as a player. From what I've seen, I haven't seen a full game, but from the highlights, I think he, he's very talented and a well-rounded player. Do you have any thoughts on him? Yeah, I, I like him a lot from what I've seen. He averaged almost 24 points in EYBL. Uh, I think it was 7-5 and five on his rebounds and assists. But he's, he's truly, really, really talented. Um, it's going to be interesting because that class, I think, has a lot, a lot of talent. Um, is that is uh, and a lot of them I don't think are going to go to the big schools similarly to what Kate Cunningham did. So it's going to be interesting um, what happens with that class because of how many great players there are in the class. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I'm excited for him, and he's he's an enormous point guard. So it's going to be interesting to see his transition to college ball, being six seven playing point guard. I mean, I I think it'll help him. What, what do you think? You think it's going to help him? Um, yeah, I do think it will help him. He'll get a lot of touches. You know, he'll kind of be in the spotlight for Oklahoma State, and I'm sure the fans will love him and. As you said, like another player who's not in like one of the major programs is Evan Mobley, the number one prospect. He's going yep. to USC. USC. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and then Jalen Green still has yet to commit. We'll see where he goes, but yeah, it's very interesting. 
like it. That class is going to be a very interesting class because it's, it's, I mean, like we talked about on last podcast, it's starting to become a little bit more of a theme to go to where uh, these, I mean, Oklahoma State doesn't have one of those young coaches, but to go to these smaller schools, not smaller, but not, you know, blue blood schools that uh, have these, you know, big time coaches or just, you know, closer to the hometowns. You look at Michigan, you look at Memphis, you look at USC, and now Oklahoma State. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays. Uh, but moving along to Gordon Hayward. Um, so Gordon Hayward, I believe he fractured his hand, correct? That is that what the diagnosis was? Yes, he fractured his left hand. Yes, uh, and I saw the, uh, the football doctor, David Chow, uh, great follow on Twitter. He said four to six weeks he expects Gordon Hayward to be out. So, I mean, the, the Celtics right now are red hot. How, how do you think that impacts them? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to uh, hurt them a little bit. They've had a 7-1 start, and he was playing very well. Uh, 20, 20.3 points per game, about eight rebounds a game, almost five assists, and shooting about 56% from the field. So really, um, he was looking like himself a little bit again, which was good to see. And now we get another injury for Gordon Hayward, and it's just you don't want to see that. You don't want that to happen. So hope he has a speedy recovery, and hopefully the four to six weeks is true and doesn't actually linger longer than that. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, he, he played well in, like, one of the games. I, I think he's playing better this year um, than he did last year because last year was a Absolutely. very depressing year for Gordon Hayward. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how they gel without him in the lineup. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. The Celtics are red hot. They're playing well. It seems like Kemba's really stepping up. And I mean, they have a lot of good pieces, so they were, they were destined to be fine without, um, without Kyrie. It's going to be interesting to see how this season turns out. Do you, do you think the Celtics are for real? Just a quick, quick little thing. On. Um, I, I still don't think they're as good as the Bucks or the Ra- uh, not the Raptors, but the 76ers. I think they're the third best. So I think they're decent. I don't know if I would call them a contender right now, but, you know, we'll right. see. It's, it's going to be interesting for sure. But moving on, uh, Ohio State had a, a little bit of drama with Chase Young over this past week um, where uh, the NCAA decided that he will – he handed a uh, suspension um, for accepting a loan from a family friend. And supposedly, this was a loan. Um, it was, he took it out in 2018. Um, it since has been repaid. Um, and he took this loan out to, I believe what it said, the sources confirmed that um, it was to help fly his girlfriend out to attend the Rose Bowl. Um, and it was repaid. That, that is a big... To the end, it sucks. But, Trevor, what do you think about this? This is a very interesting thing. I don't think we've really seen something quite like this where there's been, like, a little loan like that and then it got repaid. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. And the fact that he's repaid it, I mean, I personally don't think there should be a problem here. But, you know, that's the NCAA policy, unfortunately. And it's, you know, so late in the season, Ohio State's playing so well. And Chase Young is, you know, looking like the number one pick in the, the draft. It's very unfortunate to see a great player like that not play and, you know, we'll talk about another player in a different sport here coming up shortly where it's the same kind of thing. So just very unfortunate. I, I don't like it. Yeah. I hate the NCAA. I'm very fed up with them. It's, it's crazy that these kids, I mean, he didn't even get paid out and repaid the loan. I mean, think about how many times, like, me and you, we borrow money from each other. Or like, I'm like, hey. You know, like, for example, when you bought tickets to a, a game we're going to, and then I had to pay you back. Like, I mean, they couldn't do something like that. It's just so ridiculous. The NCAA is, is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and they're, they're charging this kid, one of the best players in college football. For, yeah, he's not going to be able to play at Ohio State next four games, they said, supposedly four games, because he, he took a loan and paid it back. It's, just, it's ridiculous. And same thing with James Wiseman, who we're about to talk about in a second. 
But I mean, none of this makes any sense to you, or sense to me at all. And I hate the fact that the NCA is so so much of a tyrant about this type of stuff because it is so ridiculous. I mean, he's projected to be a top pick, and I mean, I don't know about you, I want to see a top pick play. Absolutely. He's amazing. Why wouldn't you want to see him play? So uh, for me, it's just so ridiculous. I I hate how the NCA does this stuff. Uh, similarly, uh, another small topic uh, at Bowling Green basketball actually just had a uh, uh, they had a transfer from Duquesne. His name was Dilling Swingley. Um, he was a center, very tall. Center. He's almost seven feet tall, um, and he just got his transfer request. Uh, he he just got it, and there are two games in the season. He just got, uh, and he's able to play now, which is like this is ridiculous. He committed to BG in April, and they're now just getting back to him. But someone like Justin Fields gets his transfer request in, in immediately. I mean, like, right? That's ridiculous. Don't you think so, Trevor? Yeah, I I do uh, absolutely. They take so long to make a decision on some of these things, and their decisions aren't consistent. You know, with these transfer waivers, um, they'll grant players like a waiver for some of the same reasons that they'll not grant someone a waiver. Like, it's it's very inconsistent. Um, I I just don't like it, and they need to you know get it fixed. Yeah, it, it doesn't – it just the whole model of it makes no sense. There, there's no standardization to it. I mean, some players can get can get uh, their appeal, some can't. Uh, you look at a player like Luke Ford. I don't know if you've heard the Luke Ford story. Uh, Luke Ford was one of the top tight end recruits. I believe it was in 2016, and he went to Georgia. Um, it was a really, really big deal he went there. And uh, after a year, his grandmother got really, really sick, and he wanted to transfer back home to Illinois so she could watch his games. And they, they denied the request, and his grandmother passed away, sadly. And she never got to see him play because he was not able to play in front of his grandma. I mean, it's ridiculous oh. some of the, the stories the NCAA has about this type of stuff. So, I mean, the NCAA is horrible. But let's kind of move over to James Wiseman because this is another story that is kind of interesting. And I think there's a lot to be said about this where uh, James Wiseman, his coach, he's at Memphis. So obviously, his coach is Penny Hardaway. Uh, Penny Hardaway was the uh, head coach of his AAU basketball team before he took the job at uh, Memphis a year ago. Um, so I guess when he was getting recruited, his, he, his family moved from, you ready for this one, Nashville, Tennessee, to Memphis, Tennessee. And I guess uh, Penny Hardaway gave him some expenses to help him pay for that moving trip. So, again, what, what do you think about this, Trevor? I mean, is this, is this one kind of ridiculous, too? Yeah, it's, it's, the same, it's the same thing. It's just very unfortunate. It sucks. Like, he's, he, he played in the first game this season. Now they, they said he was ineligible like right before the second game now he still played um due to the the thing that the judge granted which is good and I hope he keeps playing in games you know even if they get these games like uh just taken away from him even if they get the wins taken away from them I hope he keeps playing because I selfishly I want to keep seeing it even if Memphis doesn't get credit for these um I think James Wiseman's a fantastic player I think he's should be the number one player in the upcoming draft you can argue for Cole Anthony I think it Maybe it's a matter of what position you want. I think they're the clear uh, top two. But James Wiseman is just incredibly talented. I want to see him out there playing in these games. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. It's, it's, I, and again, maybe for a selfish reason, too. It, it's crazy. I mean, these number, both of these guys have been a week. They're, they're probably the number one overall prospects in both classes yeah, uh, they that are about to go into the draft. And you see someone like James Wiseman who's going to be robbed of his college career. I mean, it, as sad as it, it is for Chase Young, he played a little bit, and he's proven a lot. And James, Young, or James Wiseman, I think, actually does have something to prove, and he's not going to be able to do that um, because his family needs some help moving. 
right. uh, to, to Memphis. So I don't know, the NCAA has to get this together and figure it out. Um, paying players might be a whole different scenario, but this is so ridiculous. I, I'm just like, I'm just so done with the NCAA and all their appeals and the transfer <clears> process. And I, I mean, there should be some form of a transfer process. You can't just transfer anywhere. Uh, whenever you want, but it, it, it's at a ridiculous point. Yeah, and, um, and we'll, one more thing real quick. Um, I think it's course, that I want to point out um, that James Wiseman apparently didn't even know about this. So he didn't know about this. Penny um, and his family apparently did. So you see James is immediately declared ineligible, yet Penny is, is fine. He's good to go. Like there's there's no due process with James Wiseman. But for Penny, you know, they, they go on in this process, and maybe eventually he'll get some kind of penalty. But right now he's good. Like it's... I, it just it doesn't make sense. Like, how is Wiseman immediately ineligible, but like the coaches are fine at least for now? Right. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make it's sense. It's a sad process. Um, but moving along to our normal segment of small car trivia. Um, right now we have a score of fourteen to twelve. Um, so it's it's getting closer here, Trevor. So why don't you uh, wind up your question first for us today? All right. So my question is going to be related to the NBA specifically. Um, news about a player you really love, LeBron James, who has uh-huh. become the third player in NBA history to score at least 20 points in a 1,000 regular season games. This happened on Friday mm-hmm. in their win over the Miami Heat. Um, he had 25 points in that game. So he just hit the 1,000 mark. It was his 1,000th game that he's had at least 20 or more points. So there are only two okay. other players that have done this. Can you name the two? Now, if you get both, I'm going to give you two points, which could potentially okay. tie up the score. If you only get one, I'll just give you one point. So two other players that have also done this feat, and this is in regular season games, not including the playoffs. <clears throat> so this is in a, in a, so they've done it a thousand times. Yeah, they've scored, they've scored 20 games. points a thousand times in a thousand games. Okay, so I, I would think one has to be Mike. I'd say one has to be MJ, but it might not be. But I, I, I would say I, I would think Kobe is also probably pretty high up there. So I'm trying to think if there's any other players that could possibly be close to this mark. Because there's, there's not that many players over 20,000 points. Um, I feel like Kareem could possibly be there, but I don't know if he played long enough for that. I, I think I'll go with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Okay, so final answer. Final answer? Yep, final answer. All right, so both of those are incorrect. Actually, you're, the Kareem one is Kareem's right. So it's okay. Kareem and it's Carl Malone. Those are the two guys. Carl Malone. Yes. I was gonna, there was only two other guys I would have guessed, and that's Wilt and then Carl Malone would have been the next one. Right. But I, I thought Kobe probably had it. It's interesting Kobe doesn't have that, that record considering how much he likes to shoot. Right, yeah. Because uh, he, he, he likes to shoot a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, so mine's also going to be an NBA question. It's about NBA debuts. I actually had two questions, um, and I was leaning to doing the other one, but you, you said the question while we were talking about it. It was going to be the last five-star that went to Oklahoma State, and you said, <laughs> you've already said that it's Marcus okay. Smart, so I decided not to do that question. <clears throat> so my question here today is uh, about NBA debuts. It's also about the greatest player of all time, LeBron James. Um, so can you name the team that LeBron played in his debut? Sacramento Kings. Is that your final answer? Yeah. I, that would be correct. That yep. is the correct answer. I thought I thought you would get that. I, I told you beforehand I thought you would get the question. Yeah. Um, I, th- I had two, and I was hoping you didn't know the Marcus <laughs> Smart one. Yeah, I think, but, I think he had 25 uh, points in that game. He played well. I actually, I thought it was 23, but it might or, have been 25. It might have been 23. Either way, it was over 20. Yes, it was yeah. over 20. Yeah, he had a good game that game. 
um, in his debut. Chosen one, am I right? Uh, I don't know. Best player of all time, <laughs> right, Max? Uh, time, I don't know about game. that one. I I I can't uh, I can't decide. It's close. Fairly. Okay. It's close. All right. We we won't have any beef on the small bar podcast then because uh, because of uh, other answers. But uh, we'll, we'll move along to randomly ranked. Uh, we have a nice randomly ranked segment today. Uh, as you guys know, uh, randomly ranked is where we take a completely random topic and we rank it. It's very self-explanatory. Today we are doing top three favorite albums of all time, music albums. Um, so I, I I think I have a good three. You went first of your question, so. First, put you on the spot here. What is your number one top favorite album? I'm, I had to just pick one. I'm going to go with uh, Return to the 36 Chambers by the Wu-Tang Clan. Ooh, okay. Uh, okay, okay. That, that was a good pick. Might have that to was, listen to that. Right it is an unbelievable album. Okay. Hands down, one, best, best of all time. All right. I, I, I did not expect... That to be said, but um, I'll go here with my top three. My number three is Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper. Uh, this is an old album. It came out when I was in my early high school years. Uh, if you have not listened to it, I highly recommend it. Uh, Chance is one of my favorite. I'd like to point out that the three rappers I have here, uh, as I am a big rap fan, are all three of my favorite rappers. Especially probably, I think we've talked about our favorite musical artists. Haven't we, Trevor? We've talked about our favorite musical artists. Yeah, we've done our favorite artists. Yeah. Okay, okay. So number two, I would say, is Take Care by Drake. Uh, this was a tough one. I, I I wanted to pick Drake in here, and Drake has many great albums, not just one. Um, but this is probably the one that would take the cake for me. Um, and number one is Birds and Traps Sing McKnight by Travis Scott. I I truly believe that is the best album of all time. I love it so much. Highly highly recommend it. I don't think there's one bad song on the album. Not surprised by those choices. I knew I thought Travis would be number one. Yeah 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 yeah. You, if you know me, you, you know Travis would be number one. <laughs> All right, let's hear, uh, Trevor, what are, what are your top three here? Well, I'm sure we'll get a Drake in there somewhere. Yeah, all right, so number three, we're going to start off with, um, you might not like this very much, but it's a Logic album. It's Welcome to Forever. It's one of his uh, first albums. It was released 2013, a lot of great songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, a lot of people probably don't know about this album because it was, you know, he was still a little under the radar then. He wasn't as popular mm-hmm. as and he, he is now. Good, so. <laughs> I don't know about all that. But a very solid album. I think you should listen to it. I highly recommend it. Uh, number two, I'm also going with Take Care. I think Take Care is okay. Drake's best album. It was released in 2011. A lot of great songs. You know, just like overall with these, all three of these albums, um, there aren't many bad songs. Like there might be like less than five bad songs, which there's not many yeah, albums I could say that about. Album. So Take Care is number two. Number one, I'm going with another Logic wait, 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 album. Before you say number one. Okay. Uh, I was gonna try to guess, <laughs> to to guess what artist. Yeah. I was gonna try to guess what artist. I was not gonna guess Logic. So. Oh. <laughs> but All right. Good to do. Yeah, it is Logic again, and it's the incredible true story. Released in 2015, this is the album that actually, I kind of liked Logic a little bit already, but this like really got me into listening to Logic more. Um, so mm-hmm. I think this is his best album, and this is my favorite album of all time. Hey, uh, I'll take it. I understand that you just uh, like what. Logic is not the best taste music, but we'll move forward. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, Trevor. <laughs> um, but like I said, we'll move forward uh, over to our main topic. So we got really just like a plethora of great topics today. We're going to start in the NFL. Um, and I have been waiting approximately a week to talk about this. Um, last Sunday night, uh, we had a, a pretty good game. Trevor, why don't you give us the rundown of the game? I want you to, instead of me doing why, why don't, why don't what happened last Sunday night? Are you going to put me through that torture? I am going to. What? What is <laughs> 
All right, so essentially the Ravens came out on like very fast start. They looked great. We did not look great. Who did they play? What was the score? Um, the score was 37 to 20. The Ravens won. Um, Who did they beat? They beat the Patriots. So yes, they did. A very bad start <laughs> from the Patriots. It was it was atrocious. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Though I knew we would have a game like this eventually, and it happened here. At least it was against like a good team. Like the Ravens are very good. You know, it could have happened against mm-hmm. the Browns the week before, and it didn't. So um, I guess I could say that. But overall, we just did not play well. Our offensive line was atrocious. You know, the Ravens, and, and you might have disagreed, but I thought the Ravens got a lot of pressure. I think their defensive line did a tremendous job, even if they are not one of the better defensive lines in the NFL. I think they did a tremendous job. Lamar Jackson played phenomenal. You know, I thought our defense just could not stop the run game. It was that simple. And I already, I know our mm-hmm. secondary is very good. We might have the best secondary in the league, or at least top three. But our run defense, however, isn't quite as good. Like, it's like average, I think. So that was my takeaway. I think we definitely need to improve in a lot of areas, especially the offensive line. What do you? Th- what did you think about this game? Um, Actually, uh, when we were watching it towards the end, I said, I was like, you know, the Ravens got good pressure, but there wasn't many stats. I didn't think it was that like that great as great as you put it and then looking more into it i i actually agree with you they did really really well um bothering brady and uh there were times where brady really had the ability to go down the field i mean he was 30 for 40 feet we had 30 passes so yeah it's right. a lot of throwing in a game and he did flash down the field but the ravens defense stood tall uh lamar jackson is amazing he's, he's my savior i love him uh i'm big on the band lamar leadership I, I, he wants to win more than I think anyone on the football field every time he steps on. So I, I think the Ravens just played a great game. It, it really didn't seem like it was out of control. There was a little bit in that second quarter. I think it was the second quarter where they had the two turnovers, uh, the Cyrus Jones fumble, and then uh, I think the Mark Ingram fumble with the other one, um, where I, maybe it, the, the momentum switched a little bit. But overall, I, I thought the Ravens kind of just killed them. Yeah. Uh, it really wasn't a, that close, in my opinion. Um, and the Ravens have played well. I mean, L- Lamar is just so insane. And you, I think you are right. I think the the, the Pats run D is definitely not the best. I definitely don't think it's the worst, but it's, it's not great. And it's the average. Ravens are, uh, luckily for this, they, they are well above average in the run game. And, I mean, Lamar did his thing. Mark Ingram did a great job. So, overall, I, I mean, the Ravens really played well. And I'm glad they did this because it showed how great I think the Ravens are. I mean, you look at, like, when they lost to the Browns. The Browns were terrible, and they lost to the Browns. At home, it's crazy that they lost to the Browns at home and then kill the Patriots at home a couple weeks later. Um, so uh, overall, I'm happy with the game. I'm very happy. But uh, why, don't, why don't we go into one more topic for the NFL here? Um, and uh, we're going to make it actually about the AFC playoff teams. Trevor, do, do you think there are? Who do you think the six AFC playoff teams could be? Because I feel like oh we my. only have like three, maybe four solid AFC teams. You know, you, you, can can you figure out six? Yeah, and this is a question that I've been thinking about a while. That's why I wanted to bring it up as a topic because it's actually pretty hard to figure out who those six teams could be because there has to be six. We can't just take, like, eight from the NFC and four from the AFC. It doesn't work like that. We have to pick six from the AFC. So the Ravens and Patriots are definitely two of them for sure. Um, The Chiefs are going to be one of them for sure. So those are three, the definite ones. But then it gets harder because – you know, I think between the Texans and the Colts, one of those teams is going to win the division. And you start going down the list, like it's, okay, so you got those three. You got the Texans, the Colts, the Bills, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Like that's like, I named like six teams to get three spots. And it's really hard for me. I think if I had to go 
and pick six, I'd go, obviously, uh, the Patriots, Ravens, Chiefs. I think with Jacoby Brissett's injury, I'm not exactly sure when he's going to come back, but I'm going to say that the Texans will win that division. I think the Colts will still get a um, a wild card position. I think they'll be like the five seed. And I think the Chargers are starting to make a run. I think the Bills right now are 6-2, and two, so it's hard to imagine the Chargers getting all the way back. Um, but they could. I think if I had to pick a six team, I would pick the Bills because they're six and two right now, and I think they can hold on at nine and seven and make it honestly. Yeah, I I actually agree with most of that. I'm gonna kind of wrap this up quickly. Um, I think the, there's four teams that I like in the AFC. You got the Patriots, Ravens. I like the Texans and the Chiefs, of course. Those top three are obviously the the ones that I think are a little bit ahead. But I I like the the Texans a lot. Deshaun Watson, fabulous. I love his post game interviews. Um, the other two teams are really a toss-up. I agree with you. Um, but l- let's kind of move on from here, um, go into some college football. Last week we had a – or not last week, it was actually yesterday. We had an enormous game. Um, we had Bama and LSU, and this was a great, great game. 46-41, LSU won in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, what did you think about, like, Joe Burrow and his performance? He was awesome. I mean, he he was awesome. <laughs> you know, simply put – uh, he played phenomenally. You know, they had a big lead after that first half. And really, like, yeah, like halfway through that second quarter, I mean, they had a big lead. And I didn't see Alabama coming back. Now they, they did make a run, and they had a chance. But uh, LSU just kept scoring. Alabama could not stop their offense. And, you know, to me, the biggest takeaway from this is I think LSU is the best team in college football right now. And to add to that, I just thought it was crazy that this was such a high-scoring game. 46-41 in an LSU-Bama game. That's insane to me. What did you think about this game? It, it It's interesting. Joe Burrow, is he's crazy good. Um, Tua did not look like himself. Obviously, he is hurt. Um, but I don't know if that would have been. I, I, just, I think LSU played a great game. Um, I, I've been on a roll with predicting games. I thought the Ravens would win. Um, I picked Kentucky over um, – who did Kentucky play? They played Michigan State. Um, I picked Duke over Kansas. Uh, I picked uh, Bowling Green State University Falcons to win by 21 over Tiffin. Um, and I picked Alabama in this game. I did not get this game right. I really thought Alabama would win and come out as the top team. Um, so this game really showed me that Joe Burrow is, I mean, the real deal. And he's now getting, like, first-round mock looks. So, I mean, props to Joe Burrow. Um, I do not agree that they are the best team in the nation. Ohio State has played better than everyone, and they look like they could kill anyone at the moment. Justin Fields is one of the best players in college football. I will stand by it. I think he's better than Trevor Lawrence, and we'll definitely have this conversation more um, down the line when it gets closer to their draft. Um, But overall, I mean, props to LSU. Bama for coming back. They were down 20 at halftime, right? Am I I right there? I think it was like 33 to 13 or something or whatever it was at halftime. Uh, I mean, they they were killing them at halftime, and they came back. So props to them. But LSU looks really, really good. Um, Let's move on quickly to uh, Minnesota as we are running out of time here. Uh, Minnesota upset Penn State, a good Penn State team. Um, I believe this game was in Minnesota. I do not remember off the top of my head. Um, yes, it was in Minnesota. Um, so it was a 5 versus 13. Um, I guess in the college football poll, I think it was a 4 versus 17. Um, yeah. And they won 31 uh, 26. I was never impressed with Penn State. I actually wasn't impressed with them against Michigan. Um, Michigan, I don't think it's fabulous this year. And Michigan played them pretty well. Um, and there were games earlier in the season where I wasn't impressed with Penn State at all. I, I don't love Sean Clifford. Uh, I don't think he's that great. Um, I was very, very impressed with Minnesota. I mean, maybe they're the real deal. P.J. Fleck from Western Michigan. We got a Mac, Mac guy as a head coach. Um, and he's playing phenomenal. Or not playing, coaching phenomenal, and the team's playing amazing. 
Uh, maybe Minnesota's the real deal. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I never would have predicted that Minnesota would be 9-0 if you would have told me at the beginning of the season. It's crazy. Uh, they have three games left. They play. They go at Iowa, who's currently number 18. Uh, they have Northwestern away, and then they go home against Wisconsin, who's currently number 13. So if they win those three, I, I don't know. If they're undefeated, do they deserve a playoff spot? I don't know. <laughs> it's I think it's tough to call. Um, it's an interesting story. I do think they'll lose one of those last three, but uh, very interesting. Yeah, it should be interesting. That Wisconsin game will definitely be interesting. It's it's going to be crazy because Wisconsin at the start of the season versus now, I think it's a different team. Uh, they got flustered by Ohio State for sure. Um, and, I mean, Ohio State's looking amazing. It's, I really think it's a runaway for the Big Ten um, with Ohio State. I mean, we're going to see, you know, Ohio State doesn't have any hard games left, in my opinion. They got Michigan, um, which will be difficult. But uh, I'm not really impressed with the rest of the schedule. So I, I think Ohio State will, will take the Big Ten pretty easily. Um, let's kind of let's go into our final topic on the day, Trevor, um, and go to the Champions Classic. I, I know you're going to have a lot of thoughts, so I'm going to let you start it off. Uh, which, which game would you like to start off with from the Champions Classic? Right, so with the first game was Duke and Kansas. Um, I did not get a chance yep. to watch this live, but I did watch uh, the highlights. And it wasn't like, neither team was super impressive. I just thought like, all right, these are two decent teams, but they both have a lot of work to do. Um, Trey Jones played all right, but I, I think Duke's going to have a little bit of a problem with the shooting. Um, they did play well. They have a pretty well-rounded team. I think Kansas um, underachieved a little bit in this game. I, I expect them to win this. I was wrong, and I was wrong about uh, the Kentucky game as well. But what did you think about this game? Um, yeah, I also I caught a little bit of this game. Uh, I saw Duke was down at halftime. Uh, it seems like they did, they rallied and, and stayed uh, kept back in the game. I, I thought they would win this game. Um, I, I like Trey Jones. I think Trey Jones is one of the best defensive guards, um, if not the best in uh, college basketball. So I, I had them win this game. I'm actually surprised it was this close. I thought they would be able to get a little bit of distance. Um, I, I wasn't super impressed with Kentucky at the beginning of the year. They have a lot surrounding them. Uh, so I'm not surprised Duke took this game, but I am surprised by the margin. It just wasn't that big of a, a margin. So, I mean, possibly Kansas are keeping it close. Um, and it's crazy that Duke was down and they, they got the, you know, they came back. Uh, but let's, let's move on quickly yep. um, to wrap up here with the uh, Michigan State uh Michigan State-Kentucky game. Yeah. Um, I picked Kentucky. I made a prediction a couple weeks ago that Michigan State was going to lose one of their first 10 games. They lost the first game because um, they're not that good. Um, and Kentucky <laughs> looks like the real deal. Tyrese Maxey. Yes. Ooh, he's good. I love Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. You know, I thought I was surprised by this game. Uh, Michigan State. Um, uh, you know, like, again, like, none of these teams looked amazing. I think Kentucky looked like the best, and they should be the number one team. And I really love Tyrese Maxey's game. By the way, he doesn't even start right now. So I, I think maybe you put him in the starting lineup. I mean, he looks like the best player on Kentucky's team. Um, and yeah, I think he should be a top does. five pick, too. I, I really love Tyrese Maxey. I, I think he's better than LaMelo. I think he's better than like some of these other guards, even like Scotty Lewis, who I love. I think he's better than him. Um, so I think he's a top so five pick, good. personally. Yeah, I don't know. We talked about this a little bit before the episode. I don't know if he's quite a top five pick credential. Uh, quite yet. I think there's just, I, I feel like there's five guys that are above him, but it's very, very close. Um, but Trevor, to wrap up the episode today, why don't you give us your quick prediction for the week here? All right. So for my quick prediction, I believe that Oklahoma will beat Baylor next Saturday, which will, Baylor's undefeated, but after Saturday, undefeated no more. Uh, I'm getting you're talking about college football, correct? Yes, college football. Okay, good. Yeah, that's going to be a great game. And Oklahoma, I know they lost, but I still think they're one of the top teams. I think they're up there. I don't know if they're football. You know, playoff up there, but my quick prediction is I think the 49ers get their first loss this Monday. I had the Seahawks over the 49ers. 
Uh, we finally have a good Monday night game. It's been a little bit since we've had a good one. Yes. Um, so I, I, I will have the Seahawks over the Niners. Um, but that's it for today's episode, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you to our amazing producer, Max, as always. You're wonderful, amazing. We appreciate everything that you do. Um, we are now on multiple streaming platforms, so please give us a listen. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, um, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. Um, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and please comment. We love to see your comments. Um, we are on Twitter, of course, Trevor, myself, and Max. And at Pod is our Twitter account for the podcast. Please tweet at us. We'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Um, one quick shout-out. I think BG played a great game against LSU. I wanted to end the episode saying that. Um, I'm okay with a nine-point loss at LSU. I thought a lot of players played well. Uh, shout-out to uh, podcast alum Dylan Fry, who uh, made some good shots, gave some good cuts. Just overall great guy, right? I mean, come on now. Yeah, yeah, he had some good moments. You know, uh, the team's got definitely some stuff to work on, but it was it was a decent they start. You know, not to too bad. It. Yeah, I'm I'm not upset with that loss to a, a good LSU team. But but that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Go Falcons.